All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode of Our Garden Fails. And this week, we're going to continue down that path with part two of that episode. And we are going to analyze the crap out of what went wrong because we still got a few more things. But I think it's going to be helpful for everybody. And um, don't worry, I'll give you your joke in a little bit. But right now, we're going to continue on on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. All right, everybody, we're a listener-supported show, so please check us out on Patreon, Teespring, YouTube, or Amazon, all that good stuff. And, um, yeah, we'd love to see you there. But I want to continue on with what we were talking about because I didn't have very good beans this year. This is the first year in I think 15 years now that I didn't get green beans the first year where I did not can a single can of mm, green beans mm-hmm. as the a matter of fact how many th- years? 15 years that's a whole like teenager okay yeah. yeah that's a whole lot yeah yeah I think it's 15 years yeah we're gonna call it mm-hmm. 15 it's a nice even number maybe 14 um yeah I don't know what happened they started off banging and I was like here we go and then all of a sudden, it was like a disease set in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was. I used, this is the first year that I used seeds that I saved. So I don't know if that's the issue or mm-hmm. not. I would not think it is an issue because I did not have any issues last year with them. So I don't think it was that. It could have been the way I have my bed set up. Okay. I'm just, I got to give you two because they're like, mm. it's a domino effect. So one, I had, I had garlic, I grew garlic, um, and I didn't even say this in the winds, but it was a huge win. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally screwed yeah. that up. So we'll have to do an amendment episode <laughs> at some point. But um, when I pulled the garlic up, because the garlic goes in in the winter, a lot of the winter weeds set in. And so I just kind of let the garlic go, let the garlic go, and then I pulled it up and the weeds had kind of spread and I couldn't see them because of how big the garlic had gotten and it ended up spreading all through that bed and a lot of it was up underneath the uh, trellis so i think what happened was i came through everything was going good and i was like well, all right well let me get the weeds out from underneath the trellis and i think when i pulled the weeds up i ended up damaging the roots but at the same time i also had a couple ears of corn that i planted and it was shading it out and i think the combination of damaging the roots and the corn that was in there shading just couldn't let it recover. But And then, because I would replant, and then nothing would come up. Mm. I would get nothing come up from there. And I don't know if it was because it was, at this point, it's later in the mm-hmm. year. So that particular garden bed gets more shade than anything else. So I think between that and then everything else shading it, I think I just couldn't get them jump-started. But, I mean, I clearly was starting to harvest my beans and then all of a sudden it was just gone. So I don't know if it was disease or I don't know what it was, but it just, it did not work out well. I, had, I need to do some more research on green bean diseases to kind of see, cause it just, whatever it was, it just, and so I ended up having for this part of the conversation, one empty trellis, mm. completely empty for the whole year. And so that being said, I've even gone back and I've replanted peas on that same trellis, and they're not coming up yet. Hmm. So I think 
there's an issue there. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I know that that's a really important crop uh, for you and your family. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm going to meet you. I'm not raising you because, I mean, an empty trellis. Ugh. I just... <laughs> So I've had the, uh, I mean, I've had their various trellising mechanisms throughout my garden, but my main trellising system is actually, no, everything in the front yard garden. No, that's wrong. All right. Reset. Uh, The first, very first garden bed in the front yard is a trellis that I either have like over pouring when I've grown cucumbers on it. It has just like been jumping to my neighbor's yard. Or it's not done anything at all. This year, it did nothing at all. I had like no no crops in that first. It's like a really small, like six foot long bed. The big trellis with the cattle panel, you know, where I've grown beans, cucumbers, melons, tomatoes have found their way along that trellis. I had uh, yard long beans that volunteered. That's the only thing that grew on the trellis. You're talking about like looking like a ghost town. Um, and that was the reason why that's significant is obviously there's a place I'm planting underneath that trellis, you know, the crops that I'm planting that just didn't come up, died, just it. I probably had about, I'd say 10 different things I tried to plant to grow along the trellis that just didn't really, really. And I, the only thing I've come up with, and at this point, I don't even know if it's the real reason. The only thing I come up with is. I planted most all of those things in the two new raised beds. You remember the ones that delayed my spring work (laughs) that I was digging up in those beds. And um, I put a transplant. All of the transplants I put in those beds grew. Anything I direct sowed did not. Interesting. Soil is really compact. This is a soil that is from the original, obviously, front yard, right? You know, this is where grass had been growing for eons there. I um, dug up the grass in 2019. Um, had a, When I realized that it, there were so many like dips and holes in it, had someone come in and till the space to even it out. I, get, I don't know if you really call it tilling, but even out the soil. I put landscape fabric and mulch, wood chip mulch anywhere that I didn't have a raised bed. And now you fast forward to 2022. And these two narrow beds I'm talking about that are basically underneath my trellis is what I dug up this spring. And I talked about these two things all winter long, right? Super excited about this expansion. And the things I planted through transplants grew no issues. Nothing that I direct sowed. No, I take that back. If I direct sowed 15 things, two things germinated. Hmm. I had the same issue with my cucumbers. No cucumbers this year. I didn't even, I hardly had a plant grow. And when they grew, they would just wither. Mm-hmm. Um, now, never mind. I don't want to say it mm-hmm. yet because I'm not sure. I don't, I don't want to spread boo-boo. So I planted I need a couple weeks to uh, spread asparagus the crowns in um, those two beds. I haven't even talked about this because they never came up. The asparagus. Oh, have, they didn't? I forgot you planted yeah, the them. The asparagus back against the house. I'm moving. Yeah. I don't know if you can see my hand. That's sprung up out of the same package of asparagus crowns, but I put a crown on the end of each of those beds. Nothing. 
Um, Interesting. Same thing with <clears throat> cucumbers. Uh, the only thing that did germinate from seed would have been melons. I do see some seedlings now for mustards that are volunteering based on the seeds that have dropped. So I'm not saying it's going to be impossible to get some things, you know, to grow from direct sowing. But clearly spinach, I have like, I've sown spinach this fall five or six different times and i see a yeah. couple of like you know spinach plants that just got their true leaves but clearly that area is struggling yeah i wonder why that is do you, do you have any ideas the only thing i can come up with is um soil health or lack of but my thing i lean in most to is it's just compacted those seeds are smothered think about what we do when we talk about um direct sowing you know so based on the different types of seeds you know i don't think even depth depth couldn't be an issue consistently you know um so i'm actually going to be planting some garlic bulbs there in one of those beds this year and my hope is that just based on the kind of the girth of garlic bulbs you know so it's like the biggest seed you'll ever plant right and my hope is that that'll be fine um we'll see in the spring luckily i have other places that i'll be planting garlic so if something goes wrong with that space it won't all be a loss um, right but i plan on pulling out some of the soil adding what i believe to be some good garden soil that i know that i've grown in Right. Um, and then, you know, amending the bed and then planting out. That's my plan. I think it's just an example of kind of a brand new year one garden bed. And I took some things for granted. It's a huge loss, yeah, that could though. Be. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, like I said, it was the first year I didn't get um, beans. And it's the second year in a row and last year being the first year that I never got cucumbers. Mm. So, and I got really close this year, but they wouldn't grow. Now I do have the bed that I put the cucumbers in. Um, I used non-treated wood to make that bed and it's literally crumbling. I'm sure you've seen it in some of the videos. I've got the wood to, to replace it, but it's literally crumbling into pieces. Mm. And I don't know if that could be leaching nutrients from the soil as well mm -hmm. because as we know you know when wood starts to break down it initially sucks the nutrients out but then doesn't because 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 um i had dropped a seed on the outside of the bed mm -hmm. and it started to grow <laughs> mm -hmm. but because i had my tomatoes in that bed they were getting shaded out so this this is again part of the domino effect yeah from when I left and I couldn't sow my seeds at the last part of spring because cucumbers is one thing that I will sow and, and in a pot and then replant because, you know, they grow fast. Mm -hmm. So because I did that and I had already had my tomatoes in and I waited, I think it just never could get enough sun to get it up and going. So therefore it led to being very uh, weak mm -hmm. and then super susceptible to diseases and pests. Mm -hmm. You said a whole word Which there. is a shame. Yeah. The beds that I'm talking about, um, the one bed that actually had something growing in it was a tomato tr uh, transplant. Um, which was probably the saving grace of my red tomatoes this year, which we'll cover off on a little bit later. Um, and then the only melons that I grew this year came off of, um, well, two of the, I planted two melons, some cantaloupes, and then met my favorite mango melon. And I direct sowed those plants and those seeds in that raised bed. So um, the other side of the, the trellis, it, I mean, June, July, nothing's been growing in there since then. 
it's a long time for a short garden season to have an empty raised bed that you basically delayed your work in the spring your plantings in the spring to create you know so again i mean not the end of the world um but a great disappointment you know there's no sugarcoating it yeah i can i get that it's it can be tough i mean it's one of those things when you have a trellis that's empty for the year it sticks out like a sore thumb and it's a constant reminder of like hey there's an issue here i couldn't have said it better you know Mm mm-hmm you know, I mean, it's just a constant reminder. So it's it's a tough one. I'm gonna start hanging my trinkets um, on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the trellis that was empty is actually um, on the back part of the cattle panel. the The back cattle panel is where I mounted one of the sprinklers, and the only reason why I could do it was because it was empty. Mm-hmm. So now I know moving forward, like, hey, this is where I want it. So there's a silver lining behind the whole thing. Let me ask you a random thing. I have this vision because I, my mind doesn't stop when it comes to possibilities of planting. And maybe I'll just do one or two to see how it does. But I have this vision of planting sunflowers in the raised bed underneath the trellis. And by the time they grow, like growing through the trellis, you know, you get what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like if the head, you know, the so the holes in the trellis are pretty small, but if I can get the plant through there before the head starts to form, we may be cooking with gas. Yeah. Um I you know I cannot grow a sunflower. Hmm. I cannot grow a sunflower. I think it's because I don't water them. Yeah, they <laughs> I mean, think they need they, water. Yeah, they definitely are <laughs> hungry hungry hippos. Yeah, I think I've got a place um, because you mentioned that that's what kind of triggered it for me. In between the two cattle panels, mm-hmm. there's a gap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my original plan was like, hey, I'm going to put a perennial here of some sort. But then I started thinking, I was like, this would be a good place to put a sun, a couple sunflowers mm-hmm. because I can tie them off as they grow to the trellis mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not really be intrusive. And now that I have my watering situation apparently fixed, we'll see. Um, and I'm going to do a whole video about that because it's something that I stumbled across many years ago and I've really just trying to been hammer home the past couple of years trying to figure out. So once I get it to where it's watering like I want, the only thing that it won't, I won't know for sure is once the cattle panel trellises are filled up. Mm-hmm with plants if the water will spread the way I want it to. That's the only thing I don't know for certain. Yeah, it's interesting because the, um, again, I, I don't want to kind of just stay here, but uh, those two beds again, um, which would have been like the really, I mean, one of the two extensions that I did this year, if you could call it that. Um, I thought about it and said, well, once the, the trellis fills up, there's going to be a really shady spot. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and so my solution had been plant in those spaces instead of the raised. So what prior to this year, I was planting inside of the raised bed on the outside of the trellises. Right. You know, and so while there's not a lot of space that takes up, it's still, you know, it's taking nutrients from that bed. Right. So now I have two raised beds on the inside of the trellis and the thought is just plant whatever you're going to grow up the trellis in those spaces. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Right. You know? And so, um, 
I ended up, I mean, clearly that didn't work out. So now I still don't know for sure. So basically I wasn't dealing with the problem of if you plant on the outside of the trellis, can you still plant plants inside? Right. Or will the things growing on the trellis be too shady? I still don't know the answer to that. Right. You know, and I still don't have the success of something growing in those new two new raised beds. So um, unfortunately, it's just going to be delayed at least one more year before I can figure out that piece of the puzzle. Um, Well, I know that if I um, so last year, my green beans took over three quarters of the cattle panel. And when I stood under it, it was completely shady. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be able, like, I have to stagger whatever is growing on the outside portion of the way the sun rises. It has to have a chance to start growing so it can get higher up on the trellis to capture more of that sun mm-hmm. before what I put on the other side of the trellis catches up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, does that make sense? It does. But I mean, it could have been, I've sat under my trellis when it was full and yeah, it definitely is like it provides shade, right? You yeah. know, but that could have given me an opportunity to prove all of the people backyard gardens co-hosts wrong when they talk about you know shade there's no such thing as shady plants you know plants that that enjoy shade right uh, i could have tested that out lettuce you don't need much mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean i don't know why you say co-host and you act like i'm not sitting right here <laughs> why are you talking about me like i'm not here i mean damn i could have been talking about when leonard subs in for you yeah yeah screw leonard <laughs> um what else you got um, I mean, I, I feel like let's just can, can we get the tomatoes out of the way? No, Please. no, no. Hold on, hold on. Before we get to tomatoes, this is a short loss. <laughs> I can hear listener yelling oh, to get to tomatoes. Yeah, I can hear them yeah. yelling right no, now. I'm gonna go with it anyway. Um, and this is a lemons into lemonades. I accidentally bought um six Brussels sprout plants thinking they were collards which (laughs) meant that i grew six less collard green plants that i wanted to grow and um, for those that are new it's one of my favorite plants one of my favorite veggies so that's i mean if i basically had planned to grow six more that says something um and for those that are longtime listeners you just know the disappointment and not only did i accidentally buy them it took me months to realize that i had accidentally bought brussels sprouts instead of <laughs> collard plants so there is that um yeah short and sweet um i do i've, I've done that i mean remember when i ate the broccoli leaves <laughs> thinking it was collards uh, they weren't as good everybody says you can eat broccoli leaves but i don't, I don't care for them Oh, yeah. Um, I can tell you this. Uh, this is the s- second year of growing corn. Tried to grow mm-hmm. corn. Um, I know I have a thing, and I think I've mentioned this recently, but I'm. Gonna, it's this is the time and place. Um, I have a thing that says like, "Hey, in North Carolina, you can grow corn. You can sow corn during these months, right?" Mm-hmm. And so it's basically from like. April to July, right? So I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be good because I don't want to grow a lot of corn, but I definitely have been, I've basically been told by my wife to grow corn and my son. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to plant them in June and I'll still get some corn. Well, it just, it didn't work out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I was holding on. I almost had an ear, an ear of corn. I could see it forming. 
But um, it's one of those things, like as I drive around and I see people in my area in their gardens, they are completely filled up from the from April all the way to about August. Squash, tomatoes. Uh, there's one garden that popped up recently on the side of the road. It's a very random place, and it looks like it's some kind of like group of people that have this garden. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. Um, and I could see this every time I drove by, because I drive by it all the time, I could see the issues that were in the garden mm-hmm. as the plants came out. So I could see the squash vine borer come because you go by one day and then all the squash plants are gone, mm-hmm. every one of them. Um, the tomatoes were there. Uh, they planted a determinant tomato. And as I was going by, I could see the tomatoes come out and then the corn would get ripe. And then all of a sudden, the gardens are just empty from August on. I f- it made me feel like I was the only one growing food. But as I was g- riding around, I started noticing that nobody plants their corn late in the year. Mm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that led me to believe, you know, for this year, it's like, look, if you're going to grow corn, grow it early in the year and do it like you're supposed yeah. to do it. Stop playing around. You know, let's be serious about this. Your family's asked you for two years now to grow corn. Like it's time to not only grow corn, but dedicate some serious space mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, my plan for next year is to dedicate, dedicate an entire bed to corn and then just have it what it is. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, everybody enjoys corn, yeah. but it's um it's one of those things last year when I was making my bed and I actually seem to be having this issue this year as I was going through I was running out of things to grow the amounts that I wanted to grow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you know I bumped up my potato growth this year coming up you know I've kind of allotted more space about twice the space and then I've added some other crops but then it's like I can dedicate a whole bed to corn and kind of eliminate that issue so we'll see how that turns out for me. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely a failure because that was I think that led to a lot of is again, it's another domino yeah. effect. That's a new name for this episode is domino effect. <laughs> but it was just, you know, it, it got big and then it shaded. And so other plants wouldn't grow. And then I couldn't harvest. I didn't harvest anything. I couldn't weed it because it was just taken over. So it's just overall a nightmare. I think a theme that's uh, developing is, you know, dedicate the space to the thing that you really want to grow and stop trying to cheapen it. Yeah. So I do want to say this, too. There's going to be an episode coming up. We did a series and Batavia and I decided to release it on Patreon that we want to see how they like it, but there is something that came out of one of those episodes that we're going to talk about on the regular podcast that has influenced us, or at least me. I don't, Batavia is probably still thinking about it. We got two years and t- 10 months before we figure it out, but I'm sorry, that was I rude. I apologize. <laughs> you should, because I did attack you. It's more like two years and 11 months, because it it's just been the last month that we... <laughs> but it's influenced the way that we're going to guard, so we're going to talk about it. But um, it's it's it definitely lends to the idea of me growing a whole bed of corn. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think I'm just going to go all in. Because this year, I actually got my corn 
taller than I've ever gotten it before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was able to get more growth. So this is the second year and it was a little bit better. So the stalks so, are growing, but the corn is not forming. Is that what's happening? It just didn't have it. Well, what's happening is by the time I got it in the ground, mm-hmm. it was already, that bed was already getting overly shaded. Okay. So it just didn't have the time. You know what I mean? Because that bed typically gets more and more shade as the summer wears on. So you just got to be out there early. They're going to sorry, dog. <laughs> Male person? Mm-hmm. Probably. I had, um, this is a couple of days ago, I had a work call and it was like, you know, like an important call and my neighbor's dog, boy, it was like between the mail person and the, you know, the UPS delivery and for the call, you know, we were on screen and everything. And so I didn't have my headset on, but like you could, I'm right by the street, you know, the windows right by the street. And so I was like, just trying to time it, you know, <laughs> like I see the yeah. truck coming down the street. I'm like mute. Yeah. <laughs> she goes wild. Um, so I, I think that a method of mine has been, you know, trying to push the envelope a little bit, like knowing that this isn't the best space for a thing. Like it's not the yeah. absolute best space for a thing, but let's see how it does. And there is, um, I mean, that, that sucks up energy, you know, because you sometimes forget you didn't you didn't put this in the most optimal space once you get to the end of it or once you're having trouble with some disease or once something that's shaded out like you it's hard to keep yourself accountable all the way through it. It, it you just end up with some level of disappointment but not realizing or remembering that you didn't set it up for the best success and so um a number of things that have happened this garden year and the series that we prepared for and and I, I'd say one or two episodes in the series really led me to believe in what I really want to do next year right like yeah. it, it's not I don't feel like I'll be questioning and second guessing myself like I feel like right. I've done the research in my garden space and now what I plan to do in the next year makes sense for me in my space right like I could sit right. here and explain to you exactly why I made this decision this decision if I needed to right where there's a lot of question marks around things and again it took these years you know somewhere between three and five years haha look at how that's increasing (laughs) (laughs) to get here you know you know on the note of you doing you know taking three years to do something I, I i need to be completely transparent here part of me says it's ridiculous and then part of me says a more of part of me the more and longer that i've known you and i talk to you says it makes sense because Gardening is not like a quick turnaround mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just one of those things where it's like it takes time to develop and learn. And it's not like you can stick like for me, it's like I can't stick a Brussels sprout in the ground and then a week later be like, OK, well, I got it down pat. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. Let's load this bitch up. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. So it, you know, that's my way of giving you a kudos for your t- time delay. That isn't like the most backwards compliment that I will take. <laughs> I will take it and run with it. Um, and so the joke, the joke is three years, but there's seriousness to it. Everything shouldn't be think about it and wait three years to do it. Um, there are some things that I just put on my longer list. There's some things yeah. that it t- seems to be taking me about three years to really hone in on and like, you know, fine tune and, and tweak to be, to get to a point of like being comfortable. Um, so I, I think I kind of, we plug and play when we use that. Um, sometimes it's just three years of procrastination. Let's just keep it really real. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's that. Um, and I do think that it absolutely is a part of like the way that I navigate life. And that's 
another reason why you, it makes a little bit more sense to you the more you get to know me. Um, so I, I'm going to take that now as a 80% compliment and 20%. This dude. <laughs> All right. So my next one. I, I, yeah, well, I'm one. tired of waiting. Oh. I'm tired of oh, waiting. Okay. I, w- I want to hear about oh, it. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Um, Tomato Gate 2022. Free, you know, I'm telling you, boy, Alexa, she's just popping up here. Like I told you not to plant those tomatoes there, girl. That's what Alexa just said. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a whole speech. I think it's Alexa downstairs in the kitchen, too, which is really creepy. But OK, we're going to move on. You're procrastinating. You're procrastinating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, if you haven't heard, and can this be the last time we officially talk about this? If this is like the empty trellis, like every time we talk about it, it's just a reminder of the sadness that I thought I had got over. Um, so I planted um, tomatoes in my beloved cage, baby. It's about a 30 foot by four foot wooden cage that has uh, that sits about five feet tall. It sits up against a fence. And so I have this was built um, by a nice gentleman that did some work for me, built back in 2020. This replaced the original version, which was much smaller. And I had both of those cages, both versions built with the intention of planting all of the tomatoes. In all seriousness, planting tomatoes that I wouldn't have to worry about fighting the squirrels for. Right. You know, so this had been something that was in the works for probably three years before it was originally built in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so then the new version went in in 2020. And so once I realized, and it, I love what I have now, love the first version too. But when I realized in 2020, how much room I really had, instead of planting a few tomatoes that would be unbothered, I filled the, the cage baby up with it. Um, and so that's probably somewhere around like, I don't know, like eight plants, 10 plants or something like that. 2020, beautiful year. 2021, a couple of sick plants, but generally like as of this recording, I still had tomatoes growing in there. When I growing, I mean, they were stagnant, but hey, they were still in there. Tomatoes on the plant, everything. I pulled my tomatoes out of the garden by probably by September 1st this year in the cage, baby. Sick, 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 dying, dying, dying. Um, If I flash back to last year, I did a lot of talk around um, the potential of rotating my tomatoes out of the cage, maybe because I'd seen that sickness that I just mentioned from last year. And somehow I got to the spring and didn't do it. I don't even remember consciously saying that I wasn't doing it, Um, but I planted them out in May. By mid-July, there was sickness in a lot of the plants that were growing in there. Now, they are planted close together. Um, It's the same soil I've been gardening in for, I think this is the 15th, 14th, 15th year, right? I've added soil to it over the years, yada, yada, yada. Um, But by the time I started pulling tomato plants, every tomato plant was sick. I still don't know the cause of the sickness, but I had and still have pepper plants in that same space that were fine. Um, So it wasn't like everything that was growing in there was dying. It's definitely something specific to tomato plants, some type of fungus or something. Um, And that soil is just not producing healthy tomato plants anymore. And so this was a huge, huge, huge loss for me this year. Um, My tomato harvest probably, if I had to guess... Maybe I got 30% of what I've gotten in the last few years, maybe, maybe 40%. 
that's a big hit to take. Um, and last year I preserved uh, less tomatoes than I wanted to. And so now I come into this year, I was able to get some nice salsa out of it. I literally, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, have people texting me friends, people that I know and love about salsa. I'm just like, it wasn't a good tomato year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a video on my channel where if you want to see it under Be Better Garden, you can take a look at kind of where things were before I started just taking a hatchet to things and pulling them out. Um, and while I don't think a soil test will tell me why the tomato plants were sick, that still is on my list to do since I've been growing in that space for so long. Um, additionally, um, I have committed, you know, I've been forced, you know, head on the ground, arm being twisted um, to plant tomato plants elsewhere in my garden coming into 2023 um so do you have any of those plants still are they still what do you mean do you have any of them that were affected by that still or no okay because i've been looking it up trying to figure it out did you, have you looked up bacterial wilt at all yeah. do you i mean what do you think about it's that like, that seems it's like a red car though you know like once you once once i got into it it's like yeah that made perfect sense you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not going to know it until it happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, did you overwater them at all? This is the uh, maybe. I'm, I'm going to guess that I probably underwatered them more than overwatered. So if we go back to maybe last episode where I talked about some watering issues that I can't necessarily diagnose, I think I probably underwatered my garden more than I overwatered this year. Yeah, but I mean, after you watered it, they would have perked up. I mean, you would know the difference. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you asked me if I overwater, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I was reading about it and uh, the bacterial will seems to be kind of a catch all mm-hmm, too, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it was just make sure you plant something there that doesn't get affected by that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think brassicas are going into it. I mean, I did have some a couple of questionable plants that I pulled this year throughout the garden season, but clearly this was the crop that was impacted the most. And for yeah. those that maybe want to get a little bit more technical, again, don't know the real cause of it, I had all different types of tomato plants planted there. You know, so it wasn't like it's a particular variety. I had romas there. I had um, my new favorite boxcar Willie. I had pineapple, which is my favorite tomato now to make salsa with. Um, I had black cream. I had, um, there's one more, Paul Robeson, right? So it was different varieties all through the cage. And again, right in front of those tomato plants, I had perfectly healthy and great producing pepper plants. Um, So, you know, there we are. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's probably been the toughest that that I've experienced in my garden, I think. A total crop loss like that's tough. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's it's a hard pill to swallow. Do do peppers get affected by bacterial wilt, do you know? Not that I know of. I haven't I don't know if I once those pepper plants stayed healthy, I didn't look into that. Um, and because I don't plan on planting anything from the nightshade family, um, so there next year. I hadn't researched that further. Um so, yeah, it's um, I mean, I got, again, pounds and pounds of tomatoes, but not for my plans. This is the same dis- discussion of, of the potatoes. Something could be said about being able to grow anything. But when you're dedicating the amount of time, energy, resources to your garden, right, you want to come away with the most bounty you can. And that's not this. 
looks like peppers are affected mm. by it. So um, you can't grow tobacco there. Oh, that well. helps you at all. Which again, man, it's yeah. really odd. Not a single pepper plant was unhealthy this yeah. year. Not a single one in that same space. Which then makes you question, was that really bacterial wilt? I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, oh man, it's, it's tough. If I plant peppers you, next year, all right, that's going to be the year. You know, I'm not, that's not my plan for that space, but that you could know, be the I can year. Tell you, I can tell you a lot about pests. I can tell you a lot about a lot of things, but like diseases and funguses are really hard. And I'm learning like certain diseases that affect my area Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like across the board that's like a really hard one to come across you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so it's like i googled um the not or causes of tomatoes to wilt and this one website dude i hate it so much goes you're underwatering it no that's not what it is like come on man give me some some substance Mm -hmm, you know what i mean mm -hmm. like there's more to it um but yeah you know and I would say, like, I would question your watering some, but you've been growing tomatoes and so many tomatoes for so long mm-hmm. that I feel like you know how to water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not so it's definitely some kind of disease, fungus, or maybe even like some kind of root pest. My cat's getting in a fight outside. Because <laughs> remember, um, I had um, like three more tomato plants in the front yard and that was really the telltale. Right. So it wasn't anything that was airborne. Um, I did have like a uh, the um, what's the one the purple Cherokee purple. So I had that in the front yard garden in two spaces and the plants didn't do the best this year. But the third plant I had in the front yard was the boxcar Willie. And remember, I planted that out, transplanted it in much later than everything else. And, you know, I pulled tomatoes off of that in early October. Right. Like, right. Again, it's the same 125 feet space. Right. Like this is where I'm planting. Um, and I didn't see any sign of that disease. But guess what? That was the first time I'd ever put a pep, um, a tomato plant in that space. Ironically enough, that's one of the transplants that uh, did well in that new garden space I dug out, those narrow beds in the front yard garden. And so I didn't plant it to test it out because when I planted it, I didn't realize that the cage baby was going to fail. Right. You know, right. But it was confirmation that there isn't anything in my area. There isn't anything airborne. You know, it's not likely that my tools are carrying some disease because I'm using the same tools, you know, to work up, you know, the garden area. Um, my technique, generally speaking, you'd think if there was something with my technique, you know, prove you know if there was something with my watering of course those two different spaces aren't getting the exact same water but when I'm watering one I'm watering the other like so those are things where I'm like loosely ruling out you know it could be this it could be that it could be this it could be that um, and it's unfortunate I would love to know for sure what it is because then you can take proper action but we do know one of and one of the methods I'm using to address this is plainly put crop rotation which if you've been a long time listener thank you again you know I'm not a fan of you know yeah crop rotation sucks i'd love to make a garden plan and just roll mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. i would love that more than anything never have to do it again but um then what would i do all winter <laughs> i mean really um no you know and I, I mean transparency moment this is the time in which i am obliged to say that like we had the crop rotation thing and you were like i'm not rotating crops ever ever and i f- i feel bad because i remember saying 
but we'll see how that works out for yeah. you. Little did I know, a couple months later, we saw... And I mean, it, the thing that sucks about it is you have like a dedicated special yeah. space for it. That's, you know, but I think based on that space, I think you're going to find some uses for it. For sure. I mean, essentially you have another trellis. Yeah, for sure. That, um, and I do rotate my collards and things like that because I'm definitely afraid of club root. So that was like the only exception I made for crop rotation. But I think it stings less that, you know, I was like, never. It stings more because I had a hint of this last year and I thought and I said out loud, I should oh, probably. Really? Yeah, this is what we got 10 minutes ago. I said that last year on maybe I didn't say it 10 minutes ago. So last year on the podcast, I'm almost certain I said it out loud. At least I said it out loud as I was, you know, making my breakfast last year that I said, you know, I may need to <laughs> rotate my tomatoes. Oh, out no, of I thought you meant you had some of the signs of the disease last no, year. Well, no, that's the reason why I said that, because I had two tomato plants that got sick and I pulled much earlier than ever. So oh. that was like two out of 10 in the cage that were sick. And I said to myself, it may be time. Right. But it again, it would, would have been begrudgingly when I said it. Right. So that's yeah. the part that stings. There was a moment in time and it just wasn't like again that one breakfast it was probably multiple times that I was making breakfast I was thinking about it that was going to be a part of my plan but check this out this all folds in if you go back to the top of last week's episode how I talked about my lack of having an actual dedicated garden plan you know hamper some of my successes I can't say for certain if I really had sketched this out that I would have remembered oh you're supposed to rotate your, your tomatoes but I may have you know, yeah. but all in all, again, I'm not I'm giving myself some grace. Sometimes it takes a failure like this to give you the kick in the butt that you need. Right. Because if I would have planted tomatoes in that space in the cage maybe this year and they were all in all generally healthy, I'd have planted them next year, too. You know, so yeah. I would have planted them there until the space failed me, to be quite frank. No, it makes sense. It's tough, though. I mean, I feel for you. Um, I was sad when you told me mm. because I know how much uh, tomatoes mean mm. to you. Um, but I think in the long run, it'll make you a better gardener. I agree. I don't normally I like those things. I normally call BS no, I don't on either. that, but I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it either, but... Um, you know, my last one was my container garden that I started this mm -hmm. year. And... I started it and I knew there was going to be issues there, but I was like, well, I just want to use this space. And when I came back in the fall and I did a video about like, Hey, I'm going to move my container garden and I'm going to move it to this space because it gets more sun. Since I've moved it, it started producing. And that just really tells me two things. One, I either need to do the same thing next year, but be more proactive about moving it. Or two, I just need to have a container garden set up here in this space from here on out and just never move it and not worry about it. So it kind of, you know, it, it allowed me to do a couple different things. But that that mistake, just like with the peanuts, just like with the sweet potatoes, you know, all of those things I know now, like, hey, if your soil feels compacted, like you need to do something about it. You know, hey, um, I forgot what the other one is. Oh, the peanuts. Like, pay attention. Even though it's it should be a set it or forget it mm -hmm. crop, I should have paid attention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I had so many other things going mm -hmm. on that, it, you know, you're just like, well, thank God I don't have to worry about this one bed. I just got to keep it watered. Yep. So moving forward, you know, I think ultimately it'll make it better. And I look forward to the day when I get 
10, 15 pounds of peanuts out of my mm-hmm, garden. Mm-hmm. You know, I look forward to the day when that bed will produce, you know, all of those beds in the, in the um, wild garden. They're all compacted. Every single one of them. I got bad soil and I would call out the place, but it wouldn't matter. Um, but they told me they had good garden soil mm-hmm, and they gave mm-hmm. me fill dirt, mm. but it was so dry. I didn't know the difference until I got home and I started putting it in. I was like, hold up. This is not good stuff. And I, what am I supposed to do at that point? Pull my truck back up and be like, <laughs> never mind, take it back out. So <laughs> let me tell you a um, funny story about tomatoes talking about, never mind, trying to bring something back. So I, I, um, I think I mentioned this to you offline. So I bought, I got my first a uh, batch of second tomatoes, right? You know, so based on this tomato year and based on some other crops that were still producing, I think this is like, you know, maybe early October, I got the last at the farmer's market. Like this is the last round, last weekend for the tomatoes. So I bought some seconds, they were aromas. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home and make some some salsa. They were like kind of rock hard aromas, you know, but here we are. Um, and so they actually have been ripening. And as they ripen over that first week, I saw some spots and not like ugly tomatoes. I know that that's a part of, you know, if you buy seconds, um, but like rot spots. And I'm just like, you know, if it was one or two, it would be a big deal. It's like a half a dozen of the tomatoes, right? And I'm like, I mean, I could really use a half a dozen of these tomatoes. And based on what I want to do with them, you know, just cutting them away really isn't the answer. But anyway, so I went back the next week and she's like, was it a, and, you know, it was a box, a big box of them. She's like, yeah, that's kind of just the you know nature of the beast. You know, now a real good uh, farmer's market person would have said, here's six more tomatoes, but. It is what it is. Most people just give them yeah, to you. Yeah, it is what it is. But you know what? I was looking for eggplants, and guess where I didn't go? That stand. Farmer's market. Yeah, that, that same oh, that stand. stand. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think one of the big things, if I and this, I'm going to turn now these losses and and fails into a lesson learned. The biggest lesson learned, and it's not specific to a crop. It's really uh, trust my gut, trust myself. You know, yeah. so a lot of what we described in these last two episodes, either right away or at some point early on, I thought better of what was happening. Like I, I thought something was wrong and I kind of just wrote it out, you know, and I either lost time. I either, you know, lost crops um, I, you know, dealt with undue stress in the garden, you know, so I think for these things, it's kind of like, you know, you know trust yourself, you know, make the change. Confidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be confident. You know, I think you've got enough skin in the game now where, you know, mm-hmm. and you need to be confident in what you're doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as we move on. It's, it's hard because people have known for years how to manage these issues, mm-hmm. prevent them. And instead of being like, and I mean, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, not you. Um, write that down in your little notebook. <laughs> um, instead of being like, hey, I'll fix this when it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's I need to prevent this before it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you, you don't wait and change your car engine oil until the engine blows up. You know, you do it every 3,000 miles so your engine doesn't mm-hmm. blow up. Um, and I think that makes for a smoother thing. But then that the, the problem I get with that is it becomes more labor intensive. <clears throat> and as we get bigger and bigger gardens, you know, the labor, it, it gets to be a lot. So that's kind of an issue, you know. 
Yeah. And, it, and so trusting myself or trying to prevent any of these number of things from happening again next year doesn't mean I won't have issues and fails next year. Let's just be realistic. Every year is going to bring yeah. some tr- trouble, some issue, um, some some place where you've fallen down. Um, but as I like to say, like, you know, I hate to learn a lesson more than once. You know, like, yeah. uh, so there's that bit. Um, I think, though, that um, there is a level of confidence, even with, you know, basically two hours of, you know, falling down is what we've talked about. Right. Even with two hours of falling down, as we look back on this garden season, I, I felt like I came away from this garden year with like such great confidence in decisions that I make about what I'm growing in my space, how I'm growing it. Yeah. You know, and so I'm not going to rob Peter, you know, because that's we'll dig into that a bit in that future episode you talked about. Um, but it makes me feel comfortable. I, you know, I normally dread these kind of ep- episodes, you know, <laughs> like, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Do we have to talk about it? Um, but I know it's, it's therapy, healthy. man. Yeah. It's, it's therapy. healthy for me. Right. It helps me kind of stretch and grow and, and kind of get beyond the thing. And I'm hoping that it's helpful for the folks that are listening as well. What I know for sure is y'all not alone. If y'all had struggles, cause, cause we are right there with you. If y'all ain't had no struggles and, um, Hit me up because I'd like to know why you had no struggles. But I mean, it, it's it's going to happen. You know, you're going to have pests. You're going to have disease. You're going to have droughts. You're going to have heat. You're going to get a freak freeze. You know, you're going to be delayed for some reason. Personal stuff happens. Um, you know, I think if you're if you're in gardening in a serious manner. And when I say serious, you're there's two types of gardeners and you're going to hear this again in the future. There's the kind of gardener who just wants to grow food because they can. And then there's a kind of gardener who looks at it and says, I need to grow this food. And when you need to grow this food or you feel the need to grow the food more like is more like what it should say, you know, there's a lot of labor that comes into that and there's going to be a lot of issues You know what I mean? You're going to have bigger gardens. You're going to have more variety. You're going to have more desires and all of these things are going to add up and it's going to be hard, but I think it's, it's rewarding at the same time. Yeah. Agreed. 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 But on that note, I know somebody who has a banger recipe of the day. Of course I do. Uh, can I say something before you get started? Mm-hmm. Is this picture you sent me, is this what your recipe is? No, it's not. It's something I saw online, someone complaining about the por- portion size. I'm complaining with them. Well, so can I just talk about it for one yeah, second before you get started? Batavia sends me this picture and she goes, this is what I'm going to do with my Brussels sprouts. It's a piece of fish and two Brussels sprouts cut in half. I hope you got more than two Brussels sprouts. Like you stretching it to try and to And it's that. like one, and it's like one potato it looks like cut in half is that a potato i don't even know yeah no so it's i take that back it's one (laughs) brussels sprout and one potato dude i mean talk about focusing less on the vegetables huh yeah all right but speaking of we're gonna do garlic parmesan roasted brussels sprouts Oh, I, my insides are going to be so happy with me once we get through this uh, <laughs> this fall and winter Brussels sprouts for breakfast, for lunch and dinner. Um, so we're going to use, let me page down and we'll, I'll send you the link to this recipe. If I could ever give it, get to it. They make you go through all of the ads, all of the ads. 
All right, here we go. One pound of Brussels sprouts. So with all of them, buying them in the store, your own, you're trimming the ends, taking off any discolored or discard, you know, you can discard those leaves that are on the top that don't look great. A couple of tablespoons of olive oil. We're going to get about four or five cloves or seven or eight if you're being of garlic. We're going to mince that. We're going to also use a couple of teaspoons of lemon juice. It, the recipe calls for fresh, but I mean, use what you got. Uh, we're going to season with salt and pepper. And then we're going to have about a half a cup of Parmesan cheese. I would take the time. I do like to buy the block of cheese and shred it myself. That's my thing. You're going to preheat your oven to 400 degrees. You're going to get a large bowl, put your Brussels sprouts in, add your olive oil, your garlic, your lemon juice, your salt and pepper. Of course, if you want to use some other seasoning, have at it. Mix everything well. You're going to spread the Brussels sprouts out on my favorite baking sheet, um, I put a layer of like um, parchment paper down if I'm you or maybe I'll, um, aluminum foil for easier cleanup. But again, do what you want to do. You're going to spread the Brussels sprouts out, cut side down. Um, then you're going to bake for about 25 minutes. And simple as simple is, what as simple is, as simple does. Get them out. They're going to be a little bit crispy before you serve them. This is when you're sprinkling your Parmesan cheese on them. And this recipe says you can store them in your refrigerator for up to four days i mean they're not gonna last that long in my kitchen but i like parmesan cheese cooked but it smells like feet when it's raw (laughs) well you know the heat of the um i didn't say the recipe actually says like thinly thinly shaved parmesan cheese but again you do what you want but the idea is if it's really thinly um shredded or shaved down then that heat coming out of the oven should like not fully melt it but should soften that cheese up a bit. There you go. It'll smell like baby's feet. I, baby's mm-hmm. feet. I like it. Baby's feet don't nah, smell nah, bad. No, nah. no. I took David to, um, speaking of feet, I took my son to the, the uh, Wilmington Compost Company yesterday and uh, we were talking and he just, man, he had the best time ever jumping off the compost piles. Uh, okay, okay. He made a slide. I got home. And uh, my wife was pissed. He took off his shoes and they were filled with dirt, <laughs> soil, everything. And she was like, what the hell? And I was like, what? She said, like, how are you going to let him do that? I'm like, oh, boy. So he had a blast, though. It was awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Brussels sprouts are, well, that might be on my list for next year. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know. I hope that all of these things don't deter people, you know, I hope it helps Mm -hmm. them to hear us talk Mm -hmm. about them and, you know, know that you're not alone with it. So yeah. You have anything else you want to add to this epic failure session that we've had? No, man. <clears throat> Next week's part three of fails. No, no, it's not. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the best part of it all is living a, to garden another day. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. So, everybody, thank you for joining us. Thank you for everything. Um, we hope you've learned something from this and you get a takeaway from it. Um, support us where you can. We'd love to see you there. And if you want to see what's going on in my garden, you can check me out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens. The podcast is on Backyard Gardens podcast channel. We have separated it now. But Tavi and I now have a place where our shining faces can be together. 
Or if you want to see what Batavia is doing in her garden, you can check her out at Be Better Garden on YouTube. See ya. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.